what's up? It's your host Tori and who is ready to be petty? I'm so excited for this episode. It's probably one of my favorite that I've recorded in a really long time. But Sarah Heron is here and she's a senior staff writer at Us Weekly. Obviously, I love celebrity gossip websites like Just Jared and Us and People, etc. So this was a really nice treat to chat with her. We very, very briefly talk about suicide in our highlights and lowlights of week nine of Tasha's season of The Bachelorette. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that that's there. And if you are having thoughts of suicide this holiday season or any other time, I know it can be a really tough time, please reach out to a crisis line. In Canada, the number is 833 456 four five six six we will be getting the 988 number soon that was just passed through government and if you're in the u.s the number is 988 we also talk about the olivia jade college admission scandal and vanderpump rules which i'm so excited because i feel like a lot of listeners of the pod are bravoholics and it's kind of a blind spot for me i watch some bravo shows like summer house and shaza sunset but not too many, and I'm thinking about getting into them. So I'm very, very excited for you all to listen. If you enjoy my content, you can follow along on social media at RTBP Podcast and join our listener Facebook group and let me know what you want to hear about next. One last thing before we get to the show, because I am a shitty podcaster, something happened with the recording. (laughs) I feel like I say this every week, but around the 30-minute mark, You'll notice that the quality drops off a little bit. I don't know what happened. And honestly, we'll probably never know. But the first 30 minutes are stellar. And it's kind of a bummer because once we get on a roll, uh, the audio quality is like a little less great. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one bothered by this. But one day I'll figure it out. Okay, let's get to the show. I'm here with a very special guest, Sarah Heron. Uh, from Us Weekly and the Hot Hollywood Podcast and the Here for the Right Reasons Podcast. Sarah, how are you? I am so good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks. I'm doing well. I have to admit, your job is like my dream job. I feel like in an alternate life, I was also a senior staff writer at a tabloid magazine. You know, it's I, I don't have too many complaints. I can't lie. I'm very lucky. It's been It's been a very fun three years somehow at us already. And the podcasts have just been like the greatest um, extension of that. So I I love doing them. Is tabloid magazine, like, is that a passe term nowadays? (laughs) I don't don't see it as like a bad thing because I love love tabloids, but like maybe other people do. (laughs) Maybe. It's interesting just because the digital space also, which I work primarily for the website. Um, and then certain people like my coworker, not my coworkers, like my family and friends call it like blogging. And I'm like, well, it's a little more than blogging, like not to put down bloggers, but like, it's a, you know, very established magazine, whatever it's a company. Um, but then it's the same thing as like tabloid is, I don't know. I, I, I take it all with it, it works, but tabloid, it's kind of funny, but it is technically a tabloid. <laughs> yeah. I have been literally reading it since, I feel like I say this on my podcast all the time, but like it was such a big thing for my family to every road trip, every lake trip, every plane ride, just go to a store and pick up like all of the popular like people and us Mm -hmm. and 
all hello and all of those things and just like absolutely like just dive into celebrity culture so it makes sense that I host this podcast I think. yeah that's great that you found you know a platform too it's 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 definitely interesting and things are changing so much and celebrities you know clapping back and having social media it's changed it a little bit it's almost made it a little like it's not bad because, you know, you want them to be able to tell their side of the story, but people are so quick to deny things or change things. And it's, it's been a very interesting time to figure it all out. But the magazine is still cool, but I, it's a lot of the online stuff, you know, that we're moving toward. Totally, totally. Yeah, I'll miss that, though. Like, yeah, if it ever. Yeah, the print like version. But... I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon unless someone That's knows something. Good. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, the airport, it's been an interesting year with sales and stuff for that, too. So hopefully, you know, if things pick up again, that'll help. But we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's classic, though. There's nothing better than just mindlessly looking at who wore it better. You know, yes. the stars are just like us. Like there's just some classic stuff in there. Totally. Yeah, I feel the same way. How did you get into writing and why did you want to work for us? Um, I don't really know. I've always, it's weird. Like I look back at like growing up and I wanted to be like Rory Gilmore or like Kit Kittredge. <laughs> yeah. Like all these like people who I loved were journalists. It's like so silly, but it's true. Um, and then as I got older, I loved Juliana Rancic. Like who didn't want to be Juliana Rancic, right? Like it was, it's like such a cliche thing to say, but like I, that's what I wanted. And I didn't really think it was possible, but I would write like blog posts and for websites that weren't paying me anything, but just like I loved TV. And so I would want to write like about The Bachelor or um, I don't know. I love like 90210 and like Dawson's Creek and Gossip Girl and all like the teen shows. So I would pitch stories to them and they would let me write it again for nothing. Um, and then eventually it just, after I graduated college, um, I applied to like every job ever and I didn't get one for a long time. And then eventually like, probably, like six months after I graduated this us opening, it was just for like a generic staff writer. Um, and I didn't think I had any shot. And so whenever people ask me like for advice or anything, I always tell them, there's no website too small to be writing for or too big. It's like you need your name out there, whether they're paying you or not, whether you think people are reading it or not. Like it's going to mean more if it, you're sending a sample from a website versus like your own blog or something. Not that that's not good too, but like it gives you a little bit more credit. So there's no website too small, but at the same time, like I never thought I was going to get the job at Us Weekly as a 23 year old who just graduated from college, but I did. So you got to like give yourself credit, but also like don't you can't walk out thinking that your first story is going to be like on, on the cover of people magazine. That's not realistic <laughs> yeah. either. So you gotta, you gotta totally. find the balance, you know? Yeah. I love that. I feel like that is kind of common with podcasts. It's like, well, if you don't start, like you won't get anywhere. And I feel like people always ask like, what, what advice would you give? And it's like literally just start and just do something and yeah, like, things will open up. Opportunities will open up uh, on the way. Who are your favorite celebrities to like follow and write about or talk about on your podcast? Oh, there's so many. Um, you know, it's funny. I kind of like became the reality TV girl. I didn't totally mean to. Like I've always liked reality TV. Like I love the Kardashians. I love The Bachelor. I've been watching Bravo for a while. Um, but that was just like a void that the Us Weekly online team was like missing. And I kind of, I knew things about all these people. So then I like really dove in. Like I was always a fan, but all of a sudden I had to like stalk them all the time. Um, and sometimes it takes away from watching the actual show. Um, you kind of grow to hate them. Um, but other times it makes you love it because you get to meet them in real life or interview them. And it changes a lot 
lot of what you think. So I love reality TV, but it's definitely become a little bit more of a job. So I love when I get to write stories about people that I don't necessarily talk about all the time. Like if there's a big, um, like surprise divorce. Like it's sad, obviously, when someone gets divorced, but like Kelly Clarkson's <laughs> yeah. divorce, for example, is turning like super right. messy. And I right. got like her court documents and I got to like read them all. And I love like dissecting stuff like that and trying to figure out like what the hell is going on there, doing like comprehensive galleries of everything you need to know. That's always fun for me. Something just like surprising. Like this year has been so weird. Like when Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler broke up, that was a big one. Like now Tom and Erica from Beverly Hills. Like I love so so sick to say like I love the divorce like, I, I'm not rooting for any of the people to break up but if they do I want to find out why I want to like figure out what's going on and if there's like a big legal process I think it's just like fascinating to dive into yeah that's so interesting and you're saying that you're not Rory Gilmore but like you're doing research like this is a process it, thank you thank you for saying that yeah you know I have a little bit of investigative journalist in me it's more so stalking people's Instagrams and yeah like reading court documents it's less about hitting the town as I feel like what people used to do. But I think that's also just the way journalism has changed. Like it's kind of sad, but going on Instagram is like a huge part of my job. Like I have, like the amount of people I follow that I probably normally wouldn't, it's, you just have to, like you have to be on everything all the time. Um, has anyone that you've met surprised you or for, for the better or for the worst? Um, honestly, yeah, I for the, it's kind of lame, but most, I have had pretty pleasant experiences um I almost wish someone was gonna be really mean to me because I feel like it'd be a better story (laughs) um but a lot of times because I do so much with reality tv especially like reality stars they want to be talked about and written about like they're also more like they want us weekly to you know write about them so it's kind of like a mutual thing like we need each other so like at BravoCon and stuff and like they're so happy to see you or like when I do the bachelor podcast and I have alums on from past seasons to like recap this season with me they want to be they're going to do it if they didn't want to so that's like a nice thing um I've definitely had a few experiences of like people the celebrity didn't like the story and have like tagged me on Instagram and some of their fans have like come for me and I'm like oh my god like who knew what's her name from OC from like a million years ago even had fans still I can't remember who it was it was like one of the old OC housewives just like unleashed these women on me and I was like wow like who knew she had fans to defend her but it all worked out but like things like that happen sometimes and so it's more so on Instagram but to your face people are pretty nice to you yeah that's actually something that is like actually so fascinating that I didn't think about is you're right like the A-listers don't necessarily need mm-hmm. us to write like a pleasant article about them but these kind of CD-list people in the reality TV world like truly do like it they do need to make a good impression and like be kind and gracious and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you need to stay relevant. And if you're not on TV anymore, it's much harder to stay relevant. Like if you were The Bachelor a couple of seasons ago, you're going to get your ads and stuff and you're going to have your time. But then if you don't go on the spinoffs, like if you settle down with someone who's not in the show, it's probably great for you, you know, mentally, but for your bank account, like you need something (laughs) and not that we're paying them to talk to them, but it's giving them another way to get back in the news, make headlines and like be controversial. And there's like, there's a fine line for sure. Um, and the bachelor people, it fascinate me the most, I think with trying to figure out because in the Bravo world, it's kind of like you're in it. You're always in it. Like if you're on a, if you're a housewife and then you leave, like you're always, Andy will bring you back and watch heaven's live or people are asking about you. There's like a neat people. I feel like are more attached on like in the bachelor world, you kind of have your 15 minutes. And then if you don't find a way to stay relevant, like, I don't know, you got to go back to your real job. Totally. Especially if you're like one of the middle of the road contestants that get the boot, Mm -hmm. like what happens next? 
have you found like this is an especially interesting year because we didn't have Bachelor in Paradise, etc. Did you find that Bachelor Nation was like changing up their tactics to stay relevant or was it just same old, same old? You know, what's so funny is at the beginning of the pandemic, my like favorite thing to do was screenshot like dumb bachelor people like posting like trying to be like kids like oh it's so scary right now like in their bikini like holding pizza like I couldn't help myself like I was being such a a troll which is that's another thing you have to balance right like you want to make fun of these people but you also like want to work with them and the bachelor is weird usually they can be in on the joke like it's a fine line between being you know sarcastic and mean or one or the other but you know that's a whole nother different conversation but um yeah I think it's been interesting I, I talked to Chris Harrison not that long ago on um, the Here for the Right Reasons Us Weekly podcast. And he was saying for Paradise, it's going to be really hard to pick because we're going to have all the guys, all the girls we met on Peter's season. Now all the guys we just met on Claire slash Tasha's season, Matt's season, and then another Bachelor season before if they can even get to the beach this summer hopefully they can um so that I feel I feel like Peter's girls are gonna be trying very hard to make sure no one forgets about them there was that was a young group of girls who were like thirsty for paradise and I feel like if they're gonna be very upset if they don't have their chance totally and I feel like that was like a learning moment for the bachelor production team just because they were so young and like so obviously want to be influencers that maybe the season didn't play out as well um, as some of these other seasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I can't wait to see what like Hannah Ann like drums up. <laughs> I know. And that was the other thing he was saying. He's like, who knows who's going to be single next June? I'm like, if I'm in The Bachelor, right. you've, you've heard, I've heard people tell me this before. I think like Becca Martinez was one. She was like made for paradise, but she like got with her she now did. father of her two children in between the seasons. And she like literally had in a debate, like they had just started dating and she was like, do I pursue this relationship with this guy? Like, or do I go to paradise? And it sounds like silly. Cause like the goal of paradise is to find someone, but like bachelor in paradise can really change the way a lot of people see these, these people. You look at someone like Nick Vile who got like a whole second career because of his paradise stint. And like, yeah, it's silly. Cause the whole point is to find love. And if she found love, but it's a big decision and she obviously stayed and now she has her two kids and I'm sure she's happy she did. But what if that relationship didn't work out? Like you have to hope it'll come back around, but yeah, like a Hannah Ann, um, Victoria F all those girls, Kelsey, his whole top besides Kelly, who he's with now, um, I feel like are want to be in paradise. So it's going to be really interesting totally. to see how many of them get, get to go. Do you think that Hannah Ann is like too good for a bachelor in paradise now? Like too big. She's hit like over a million followers on Instagram, which is again, wild for some of these contestants. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, she's one of the ones who I wouldn't be surprised if she's dating someone. We've seen her like out with like some NFL players. I don't think anything's really stuck. She's still really young, but I, I heard someone say this. I don't remember who said it, but it was something like about how being on TV keeps you so much more relevant than you even realize. And it's, it's like, yeah, you can have all the Instagram followers you want, but like people forget about you and you're, you're, um, you can still have the number, but like your engagement rates and stuff, like right. when, when we're seeing you all the time, like it's so, it's, so I think it's like people underrate how much it actually is like the exposure of being on TV and being back in. So I think she'd still go, but I, it would be interesting to see if this time, you know, in a year from now, if she's still, I guess six months from now, if she's still single, because I feel like she's going to have a lot of opportunities. I, she could be one of the ones that in a few years from now, they call back in to be a bachelorette or something, right. but I still don't know like, why she was at, 
spotted filming this season. I feel like everyone forgot about that. And I don't think she like, yeah. I think that was just a mess with us. I got to figure that out. It's back on my list. Yeah, <laughs> That's such a good point. Cause there was like so much, so many bachelor alums that we saw pictures of, but like most of them. Yeah. We've seen on the show now, mm-hmm. like Ashley and Diana. Deanna? Deanna. Yeah. Deanna yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Deanna. You were actually one of my f- like deep cut faves, but. <laughs> She's great. I've actually talked to her a few times. She's one of those the alums who really leans into it. It's like a Trista. They're like early bachelorettes who genuinely just have like love for the franchise and love for the girls. And I think they want to like guide them, but they also know that it's such a different show now. So it's, it's, it's so interesting to talk to the, some of the OGs and have them watch the show now. Cause they're like, Oh, that would have never happened on my season or, you know, the comparison. And I just, it's fascinating to me that that show has been on for so long and it's more popular than ever. Like it doesn't make any sense, but I also can't look away. So. Totally. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. And I, I like when they do lean into it, when that's what they're like known for. I was just listening to Danny Pellegrino's podcast and he was saying like it's so nice when it is a two-way street when Mm -hmm. you're getting press where it's like well we want to talk about what you're known for and you can also sell whatever you're doing (laughs) currently but like we need both for this to work and I thought that that was a really good point so I do like when they like yeah get into it a little bit. Yeah, no, that's such a funny thing too, because as from the journalist perspective, and I love, first of all, I love Danny Pellegrino, he's awesome. Um, But I, you know, there's nothing, like you get pitched people all the time, right? And it's like they're promoting like Clorox wipes or something. And you have to ask them about Clorox for the first couple questions. And then of course you're going to go into like, if they're dating someone or if they have kids or a husband, like whatever. And then there's always like that one question that you, you want to ask so bad, like, but you don't know if they're going to, how they're going to react. And there's nothing worse than when they like shut you down when you're bringing up like the thing that they're so famous for, but there's nothing better when they embrace it. Or like, I'm obsessed with the original 90210 and I got to talk to Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth a few weeks ago and they have a podcast now about 90210. So the whole time I could ask them anything I wanted because it was about 90210 and that's rare. Like normally I would be talking to Tori Spelling probably about Clorox wipes and then at the end (laughs) try to be like, where would Donna and David be now? You know what I mean? But instead the whole time I got to geek out. So it's, it's a fine line. And the Bachelor people, again, they're reality stars. So the smart ones, you're Nick Vile, the ones who are still, you're Ashley I, who are still pretty relevant in today's like pop culture, have shows where they do full Bachelor recaps and stuff because people want to hear that. Like Ben Higgins still talking about Lauren in his podcast yeah. is kind of absurd since they're both totally moved on, but I also would be mad if he didn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a weird thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, you just have to give us something because it's really what we, we don't want to hear about the Clorox wipes. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry. Oh We're giving Clorox a lot of free ads here. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ads. <laughs> Ad space. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> One more question and then we can finally get to um, some of these juicier topics. But are you going to watch Nick Vial's movie Christmas Cruise? Oh, I have. Okay. <laughs> I am a big Hallmark Lifetime movie person and I actually have that that movie came out a few years ago and I never saw it and I just found it on my I think it's airing again this weekend because he reposted it I'm taping that and Chris Soule's Farmer Chris Prince Farming Gone Wrong Bachelor a few years ago is in some um a movie on the same network that's airing this weekend so I'm taping that too so I will have full recaps on my Instagram I'm sure Okay, amazing. Where can people follow you? <laughs> At Sarah Heron, H-E-A-R-O-N. I will be posting. I love those stupid movies. They just make me, me and my roommate just like play drinking games and go along with it. And like it 
I, I would die if I just randomly turned that on and saw crystals. So I know it's coming, but either way, <laughs> yeah. you just never know who's going to pop up in one of those movies. And totally. I can't believe that they're giving back. To, it's on like the ION network. I don't even know what that is, but I'm Neither. here for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So we're going to talk a little bit about this season of The Bachelorette, just a, a check-in, some highlights and lowlights. Then we're going to talk about Olivia Jade on the Red Table Talk. And then finally, Brittany and Jack's exit. That's hard to say in a row, but their exit from Vanderpump Rules. Love it. So how are you feeling about Tasha? now Tasha's season of The Bachelorette? Have you enjoyed this season? Um, I have. I think it was actually a very fun summer trying to figure out what was going on. I think that might have actually been my highlight just because yes. it was so crazy and every, it was something to lean into. And it was like a gift without giving us a gift since there was no paradise and there was supposed to be like summer games. Like this was going to be like an insane amount of Bachelor content. And instead we just like played guessing games all summer and I actually really liked it. Um, I enjoyed Claire and Dale's episodes just because they were so insane. And I, I love when like <laughs> the internet is all in it together and people are like, what are we watching? So I low-key miss that because Tasha, I feel like is almost she's like too good at it like she's mm -hmm. she seems to be such a smart genuinely kind nice person and she's giving all these guys such an opportunity to open up we're seeing the show get super deep um and it's great I'm just a little bored like and I say that because but I always want what I can't have I just said that on on my show this week I was like if they're being petty I'm like these relationships are never gonna work because they're only talking about stupid stuff but now that they're getting serious I'm like uh, I kind of want them to fight <laughs> like so I don't know but it's, overall I think Tasha's a genuinely great person and she's doing a very good job like she's what you you want your bachelorette to be she's kind of like gold star I feel like totally yeah yeah I definitely think she'll be in like my top five bachelorettes of all time and I say the same thing she's too good for the show and these relationships are probably too good for the show and it, it makes for like not as interesting tv I'm in the same boat like I love when it's more of a shit show and I like hate it <laughs> like yeah. that's more fun but yeah, I think for me, this season has kind of been a letdown for the exact same reasons that you're talking about. It's like the summer was so fun. And I feel like lately, or maybe just over time, I've just so appreciated everything off camera way more than like any reality TV I like actually watch. Like that's the fun stuff for me is like the social media drama, the tabloid stuff, the paparazzi pictures. Yeah. I mean, people say that like about like I remember when Beverly Hills Housewives was airing last or like this time last year, I feel like Us Weekly was very much on the story about um, Denise and Brandy. And it was so fun to be writing about and hearing all the sides and like all the stuff or like even when the puppy gate happened, like there was a lot of stuff I was hearing and it was like so exciting to write about. But then when it aired, it was so anticlimactic and like it's a double-edged sword because I'm one of those people who's like ruining it, but it's fun to ruin and it's fun <laughs> yeah. to hear and it's fun to watch play out even if it's like a different outlet breaking all the news. But then, or like right now with Atlanta, like I feel like when we watch this like stripper party, it's going to be like disappointing, bachelorette gate, whatever, because we know everything. So it, it's, it's weird because it's like I'm contributing to it and I like it, but then when I watch the show I'm like oh I wish I didn't know that we're missing totally. the shot and the bachelor definitely has that like imagine if some way somehow the Claire thing didn't get out and she genuinely we would have been so shook it, it's just it's a different way to watch the show I know I say that to myself every single time like if you didn't know these spoilers you would enjoy it and then I'm like on reality Steve <laughs> like, I know I, I know in the next he, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing but with at least with I will say with Tasha's as anticlimactic as some of the episodes have been because they've been very serious and very heavy um 
I genuinely feel like, I don't know if any of these relationships are built to last per se, but she's definitely giving every guy a fair chance. So more so I'm kind of interested, like, I don't know for sure who she picks and I don't know if I could guess right. Whereas in the past, yeah. I feel like it's been so obvious. You're, you're Caitlin and Sean, you're Jordan and Jojo, yes. um, Colton and Cassie, uh, you know, Peter threw us for a loop, but like, there's been a few that have been so obvious lately that it's kind of nice to see her really be the bachelorette like she's definitely exploring all these relationships we're not getting like bs i feel like but then i also don't know if i think any of them are gonna last because it all still feels rushed so i don't know totally totally yeah i would i would be really surprised if there's a proposal at the end of the season because of the truncated like time that taisha has had but you're right like i could probably guess the top two or three maybe Mm -hmm. but i have no idea who she ends up with what was your highlight of this week's episode? It was um, pretty heavy. Ed finally <laughs> going home? Yes, yes. Like, Ed leaving. I can't stand Ed. I don't even know why. He just drives me insane. Like, I got irrationally angry. Um, and it's always the ones who usually, like, I hate on the show that I like the most in real life. So I'm, I'm he's probably going to be a very nice person and whatever. I'll probably talk to him in, like, a year from now and have to apologize for everything I said. Um, but he <laughs> – that was – he was annoying. Um, Bennett is also kind of driving me crazy, but I did like the surprise of when he showed up at the end because when he said, hey, I was like, oh, I don't know who it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought JPJ. Yeah. I knew it yeah. wasn't the ex-husband because I know that whole theory was – I knew it was wrong from the beginning. But I still, like, had yeah. a little hope. You know when you think you know, but you're like, what if there's a chance that somehow – how ABC is going to pull a past one like I I always usually know because of like my job but then I still fall for the freaking promos half the time me so too, me too. yeah so I don't know so that was exciting I liked the end when Bennett showed up but I also hope he doesn't stay because I hate when they like bring them back you can't like go back on your decisions I don't like that totally and I don't think she will I don't think she's that type of bachelorette but it was just so funny and I saw this on the internet so I won't take credit but someone said um when Bennett appeared like just said he has the absolute face of someone like lingering in the shadows and like appearing out of nowhere and I was like yes he does do you like him because I feel like the internet is so split like I hated him then I liked him for like one episode and then I've actually been kind of annoyed with him ever since like I the Noah thing like I don't know like he just kind of bothered me then I saw his TikTok and it like solidified but I feel like some people really still think he's funny and like are really like leaning into him No, as soon as I know that, like, it's contrived, I, like, hate it. And I think at the beginning of the season, I was like, this is just him being himself. Like, do you remember, like, I think it was Ashley S., the the girl with the onions? Mm, Yeah. Like, I was like, that seems so just her, and it doesn't seem contrived, and I'm obsessed with it. As soon as, yeah, Bennett with um, the book and stuff like that, I was just like, this is just too much. I think he he got a little too into it and I think the producers took advantage of that they were like oh this kid's getting we're gonna get him even he's already fired up and like way too obsessed with being on the show I think like he he just he drank the Kool-Aid I think he got there yeah he, he got laughs at that roast and there there's more time than ever for the guys to just be sitting around because they're not traveling and I think then the producers got into his ear I feel like Bennett has had more screen time than like Tasha. so Literally. It's, it's been a lot so I'm kind of I'm ready for him to go but yeah and I also find that like when you know that you're not going to win or you have an inkling that it's not you, a lot of people decide to go like a different route. Just to stay on the show. Yeah, like villain or hero or or just like 
crazy antics. So I don't know if that's what like switched. But yeah, I think he definitely drank the Kool-Aid too. So it'll be interesting to like check in with him in a few months and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm kind of over him. But I did really like him in the beginning. I thought um, he was really entertaining. It's been a journey. I think my highlight was Ben's conversation about suicide. I know that this isn't like a super fun podcast topic, (laughs) but similar to like the Black Lives Matter conversation that Ivan and Tasha had, it's so shocking to me that stuff like this is being shown on like primetime TV. And I thought that Tasha's response was like a really good response for a partner and like someone who's in a relationship. And I just think that this conversation could reduce the stigma about talking about if you have thoughts of suicide. Um, And he also talked about how like things that have helped him like therapy, which I'm really hoping normalizes people going to therapy. Yeah, Ben has been a gift. I mean, eating disorders, no one talks about men having eating disorders like and I'm sure there's the you know, there's not probably statistics even about it because I doubt a lot of men probably won't you know, be open about it. So it's been, 2020 has been a crazy year. So it would have been weird if it wasn't reflected on The Bachelorette, you know, like a show with our second black lead um, in Tasha and all of these guys who you have to applaud them as easy as it is to poke fun at bachelor contestants. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's a bold, it's, it's a lot, it's sometimes awkward to watch. Um, but it's important. That's also important. I'm going to, I'm very curious to see if it's going to continue into Matt James season because my gut tells me it's not. Um, I, I feel like that's going to lean into like, it's almost like they, the bachelor kind of feels like they need to do certain things. Like they do things to check a box. Um, and I think those conversations yeah. did come up organically. I don't think they were seeking them out, but then they, they definitely took the chance to highlight it, which was nice. But I also don't know if it was like for the right reasons. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Why do we have this gut feeling that Matt's season is going to be like, I don't know. I I totally think it is going to be superficial, <laughs> like kind of back to the old, like talking in general statements, talking about only our relationship in like in bachelor terms, like et cetera. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel the same way, but I have like no evidence. <laughs> yeah, I don't have evidence either. I think that a huge part of it is the bachelor is always a little sillier because they the girls it's like it's it you just like fall into the caddy stereotypes and they like they make they build it up um so I think that's part of it and I also think when the when the woman's in charge like a bachelorette's like there's no it's not a like coincidence that the first impression rose winner either wins or goes far besides Tasha's, but that's a little different like Claire and Dale obviously like when the woman's in charge I think it's just different and they run the show and they always pick these like one thing I always say about the show when people say like it's you know too silly or whatever is they always pick these awesome women who are like strong, badass, beautiful, have careers to be the bachelorette. Like there's kind of a trend with that at least. Um, And then I think the women a lot of times bring out the best in these guys and these contestants. Whereas not to say that the bachelors are bad people by any means, (laughs) but I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're Colton, you're Ari, Peter, I mean, Juan Pablo, like they're not all you know, gold stars for who you kind of want to be with, which is ironic because it's the whole point of the show. So I don't know enough about Matt James to know, but I also think since he's new to reality TV, it's going to be maybe some superficial stuff too. Like he's not comfortable in front of the cameras. I think he's gorgeous and I'm sure it'll be interesting, but there's something about the the bachelor when the guy's in charge that just like, it doesn't have, it's a, they're two different shows in my opinion. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I hate when people are like, Oh, the bachelorette is so much more boring. And it's like, 
well, that's because the girl like usually knows what she wants and like is normal Mm -hmm. and like too good for the show and the men are trash. And then (laughs) when The Bachelor is so entertaining, again, it's the women bringing it and The Bachelor just being like, I don't know. Usually overwhelmed (laughs) and not knowing what he signed up for. And, you know, there's a a reason that there's more successful bachelor couples where they've gone back with the runner up or their fifth place. Then we have three of those now. And one, Catherine and Sean, where they picked them. And then there's several bachelorette couples still together. So, you know, and you watch it for different reasons. If you want the love story, the bachelorette is more for you. If you want the drama, the bachelor is more for you. I like all of it. So, you know, but again, I always want what I can't have. Whatever's in front of me, I'm like, oh, I want on the drama but then during this season I guarantee you I'm gonna be like oh, remember when we got deep on Tasha's season like I missed that <laughs> totally totally what was your low light of this episode oh god um probably like anytime Blake Moynes was still getting screen time <laughs> yeah. why do people like him a lot of my friends really like him really and I I, I don't see him I don't get him I think Claire and him had some sort of connection I don't know why Tasha still has him around and I also Zach C doesn't do it for me. I I don't really get him. And I definitely think he was lying about the whole cheating on sixth grade. Like, I think that was a cover. Yes. Okay. That is my low light because I think that that was just not fun. <laughs> like, okay. I hate people. Like, I literally hate people when they're like, yeah, I ha- like my first boyfriend was in grade six. It's like, no, that's not real. That's not a relationship. Or like the cheating thing, like in grades, like, no. <laughs> I love that you're saying grade six, by the way, because I know you're from Canada and I'm not, but I love Degrassi more than anything. And they always say that in Degrassi. And I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm talking to like Emma Nelson right now. Yeah, because you say sixth grade, right? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, totally. We say the opposite. But literally, I was just like, that's such a cop out, probably fake. You've probably cheated on other women. I'll say it. And Yeah, I think so too. And like, I just, I don't know. I hate when people like are like, yeah, when I was dating this person, like in elementary school and stuff, it's like, no, that's not dating. (laughs) Yeah. He, I think the the guys really fell for the lie detector, which was interesting because a lot of times, you know, it's such a trope now in reality TV and you can always argue that the lie detector is inaccurate. Not that that's something you, a hill you want to die on. Like yeah. if you lied about something and it calls you out, then you don't want to like make the whole thing about that. But that is technically a thing. Like we don't know how accurate these are, but the guys were all very honest, almost to a fault. Um, the Riley thing was weird. And Zach, and Zach, like, I think felt like he had to tell the truth. And then obviously she was like, what the hell, what the hell? Like she didn't take it well. So that's why he came up in my opinion with this allegedly fake story, or maybe it's real, but I think there's else, something else to it. And he also like was crying randomly in the middle of the episode about his parents. Like, I, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. I think it's, again, admirable that he spoke about his addiction on the show and it's just another, you know, another, that's great. And I'm glad he, you know, is sober and has his rehab and stuff. That's, that's very cool. But I don't know if he was like perfect for this show. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. The polygraph thing, it's like, we know that they're not reliable and also it was a fucking macbook hooked up to like some and it was like jojo fletcher just being like ooh, like making a face like come on <laughs> like it wasn't even like a polygraph like professional so no. yeah, that was wild to me before we move on who is your winner pick for this season um i'm sticking with brendan i said it um a while ago when they had that first one on one date and she was like, I, I could, he could be my husband. Then we haven't seen much of him ever since. And I think that's strategic because after the Clarendale of it all, they needed the season to be the opposite and yeah. show us all the guys, which they've done a very good job at. Um, like I said before, this is the first season in a while where I'm not totally confident, but I'm going to stick with him. Um, I, I love Ben, but I think he's definitely getting his heart broken. I wish she would pick 
um, Ivan, but I don't think she's going to. Me too. Me too. I'm like already preparing myself for tears because I, I really want her to pick him. But yeah, Brendan's my winner pick too. Um, I didn't draft him initially, but just after their first date, I'm like, this has to be it. And I'm holding to that. So yeah. And I have, Hey, he, I think they have a cute connection. I don't like die for him either, but I think when you have Ben and Ivan and Riley, like she's got great guys, but she's leaning in towards the Zaxi and the Brendan. So I think it's going to be one of them. Totally. Yeah. I feel that too. So Olivia Jade. (laughs) I'm obsessed with this story. I am obsessed. So I obviously covered this original story, the college admission scandal on the pod now years ago. Uh, I work at a college, so it's like extremely interesting to me. And Olivia Jade has (laughs) re-entered like socialite society and went on the Red Table Talk this week. I watched it last night while I was in the bathtub and it was, the 30 minutes flew by. So good. So Uh, good. What were your initial thoughts? Like, can I just say first, I remember it was March 12th, 2019, because I'm a freak and I have certain dates that I have to write so many times. Like I know the date, like Tristan Thompson cheated on Chloe when she was pregnant. Like it was (laughs) April 10th and then True was born April 12th. Like certain dates stick with me because I write them so many times and the college cheating scandal. I don't know how I ended up on this beat, but like I wrote the first story when it came out, like that Felicity Huffman and Lori were indicted, like for us, not the first story in general, but like when it broke, when we covered it and I've been writing about it like nonstop ever since I'm obsessed with it all and God, I, for whatever reason I had no watched Olivia Jade videos before like I don't even know why like I go on these YouTube like spirals and I had I had stumbled upon her before I'm like why is Aunt Becky's daughter showing me how to wear mascara but I just like couldn't look <laughs> away so when this whole thing happened I was like oh I know exactly which videos that she talked about how she didn't care about school I knew and it was like sick I like went to my editor and I was like this video like halfway through like she said this absurd thing like it was so I was like the person she was talking about in this thing like people calling out my old videos I'm like that was me like I called attention to those like I'm sure other outlets did too but I swear we were first because I it was like the day after and I was like oh I know exactly where she she talked about how she hates school and her parents are making her go. Yes. So, oh God, it's just so nice to finally hear from her after all this time, like 20 months later, she was so quiet, which I understand why. I think the timing is hilarious that her parents are in jail and can't stop her because I don't think they would have wanted her to do this. We haven't heard anything from Lori or Massimo this whole time. Like Lori deleted her Instagram and has been gone. The only time we've seen her, I got to be on the um, Zoom for their hearing, their virtual hearing. And it was like, it was like seeing them reemerge. We've seen paparazzi pictures, like hearing her talk and like whatever. It was so crazy. So I felt the same way about Olivia. It was just like so weird to hear her finally acknowledge this whole thing. Totally. How do you think she did? I mean, I think she actually did a pretty good job. It's a pretty rough situation. Um, You know, I think one of the most interesting parts was hearing Jada Pickett-Smith and her mother and Willow talk about her before she even came out. That was like intense and everything that um, her mom was saying, like you can't deny it. Like she's right. Like why are we giving this girl a platform? But that's kind of what Red Table Talk is. Like it's it's the conversation. And I I think that show is smart and it was smart to have her on for both sides. Like it was definitely a PR move, but for both of them, like, you know, so I think she did a good job. She was very apologetic. She didn't try to, you know, really she owned it pretty well I thought and if she did anything less though it she would have gotten panned so she had no choice but I thought she did a good job yeah yeah I thought for again like she's 21 she was really articulate and I don't know if that was like training beforehand or whatnot I'm sure she was 
had coached training. Yeah. And was coached, but she was super articulate. She was super confident and she did a really good job of laying out what her reactions were and like step by step, what her thought process was. Um, I have a few questions. (laughs) So she said, like, I thought that everyone like in my circle donated to schools that they wanted to get into and bought things and built libraries or whatever. So I didn't realize that that was wrong, but I'm like, A, mm, that's sus. And then two, what about the fucking rowing bitch? Oh my God. I was screaming at my computer when I was watching this. I'm like, they can't, no, it can't end. You have to ask specifically about the pictures because she got so lucky that they didn't bring that up because everything, or even the fake resume. Cause she mentioned at one point, um, you know, I saw my application online and that wasn't what I put. So clearly there was things being altered, but there's also in their court documents too, there was a, an email exchange between Lori, Olivia and her dad. Um, And it was something about her meeting with her guidance counselor and her parents advising her to, you know, kind of play dumb. Like, don't tell him all of your plans. Like, so there was, they clearly knew something was a little sketchy here. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, I was innocently, like, yeah, is it wrong, of course, that people get advantages for donating libraries and stuff? Of course, that's a whole other conversation about education. But to, to tell your daughter to lie to her guidance counselor and give permission, I'm sure they had to give some sort of consent for him to just change all of her documents or to pose for that picture, like, there is something to be said for like there that your gut feeling has to be like that's weird that my that my mom wants me to tell my guidance counselor like I'm going to a different school than I than I think I am like I'm not good enough for that school so but then again I mean it's naive to say but like you're 17 you trust your parents your mom's aunt Becky like you think she's lying to you like I don't know I don't know what I would have done if I was in that situation I feel like my gut would have told me this is wrong but I also probably would have listened to my parents totally you're right especially she talked about how close she was with her parents and Yeah, like that wouldn't have been me. And maybe that's why it's a hard time for me to like empathize with her because it's like I filled out all my own college applications and like I rely on my parents and my parents support me, but they're not the only people I'm talking to about things or like I make a lot of my own decisions even at that age. And so I just found it like so weird, but you're right. If you like do really rely on your parents Plus, if your parents are telling you something, why would you ever be like, is this, yeah, weird or like, oh, yeah, or something like that? I know. Like, you don't think your parents are like involving you in this like national scam, um, which they were. But it's also interesting, like with the Red Table Talk of it all, like as, as I thought it was great for, like I said, good PR for both. But at the same time, it's like it, it was hard because one part of them was really leaning into like overall there's a problem and like Olivia Jade has kind of become the face of white privilege and that's true and everything they were saying was true but then there was a few moments when they tried to get into the nitty-gritty of like the actual case but they didn't lean into either side completely so that's why things like the rowing pictures I think which I mean would have been my first question for her was what did you think you were doing when you took that picture um were lost because they were having a bigger conversation about about education and privilege, which is important too, but I don't know if like Olivia Jade is where you're going to get your answers for that. So I think maybe they could have leaned in a little bit more about the case specifically, but it also probably would have tripped. Like she got lucky that they, they, as hard as they were on her, like, did you watch Stassi on um, Tamron Hall? No. Okay. Well, that was like the most uncomfortable thing in the world. And Tamron Hall really like when in for it and Stassi got like flustered and it was like cringy, but necessary. Totally. And I kind of wish they did that with her, which is mean, but like, no, same. <laughs> like, I think that brings me into like my next question was like, is this the right outlet for, well, what's her angle? Is it 
a comeback into influencing again in her YouTube channel or is it just like personal redemption and she wants to move on? Like A, what's her angle and B, was this the right outlet for her? I mean, a hundred percent, at least part of her angle was PR. There's no reason you would flee. As they said to her, they're like, you're going to be fine. Like you don't need a career. Um, you know, it's kind of sad at 21 to just never do anything again. Like, I don't know how that would go, but, um, yeah, I think, like I said, it was a PR move for both of them, technically, like Red Table Talk. I think it's definitely successful, but every once in a while, you have your Jordan Woods episode, that episode where her and Will Smith talked about cheat them, like her open relationship. And this one are the ones that, you know, you're going to remember. Yeah. So it, it worked. They're using each other, um, which is important to recognize as a viewer. But I think overall, like it definitely made Olivia look good. I don't know if that's good or bad. When I say she did a good job, I mean, like, she leaned into the questions they asked her and she owned it. But if they asked her a little bit harder questions, it probably would have been a disaster on her part, but even more interesting to watch. So it, it's, 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 but it's also like a 21 year old girl. It's not like they had Lori in the room who they could question or Massimo. Like they had to go really hard on them. She's like a weird middle ground in this, you know, like, so I, it, it's, it's very interesting, but I'm, I'm very interested to see what she does next. Like, I, I don't know how long, how long do you wait to post the YouTube video? Like how long do you give people to quote unquote, forgive you? Yes, that's what I want to know. Like, are we getting a YouTube video like a week after Red Table Talk thought like that? Or is it going to be like, hey, here's my like Christmas makeup routine for like or New Year's like outfit haul? Right. Like, I don't think it's going to be a video of her like because she was mentioning her charity work she's doing. Like, I don't think she's going to take her YouTube channel to her charity acts. And then if she did that, we'd be like, oh, you're doing it for the video. So it's like, she can't really win. Like, I don't feel bad for her. I don't say that because I feel bad for her, but like, she is in like a weird place of what does she do? Cause it's stupid if all of a sudden she's just posting her makeup routine again, but it's also transparent if she's like posting about charity. So she's kind of in a stuck. I don't know what to do. Totally. Yeah. I just thought that it was an interesting choice because like, why wouldn't she go on like the Ellen DeGeneres show or something? Like, she did because it's more credit. Like you have Jada Pickett Smith forgiving you than Ellen. Everybody hates Ellen now. Like no one, you know, Ellen forgiving you means nothing. People would make fun of it. So good for her that she got her team and Red Table Talk's team to agree to it because it's definitely more of a like, see, that's the same reason why I think Stassi went on Tamron Hall but it sort of backfired. Like she needed to talk to a black woman about how she mistreated another black woman and it's transparent. But when she got held accountable by that black woman, it was a little uncomfortable and she kind of retreated back and she's kind of laid low again, not as far as like social media, but as far as announcing projects or doing anything. I think Stassi kind of thought that was going to be her redemption tour. I don't know if Olivia thinks this is, and then it's like, where do they go from there? Like when, when can they post about their podcast coming back or their YouTube channel coming back? Like, I don't know. And Stassi being pregnant helps her at least because she's now going to have like a mommy blogger vibe, but I don't know. It's so intense. Cancel culture is horrible, but fascinating, especially when it happens to someone who, I don't know if anyone quote unquote deserves it, but these, those were two big scandals, um, more so than like one tweet when you're like 16 or something. So I'm, those are going to be interesting and everyone, everything comes back though, unless you're like Harvey Weinstein, which obviously you shouldn't come back. They all kind of get, get a moment. So I'm fast. Those are two, my two probably biggest ones that I, I want to see what's going to happen to Stassi and Olivia Jade. They should team up. Me too. Yeah. I cannot wait to see what they do next. I really implore both of them to like lean into the discomfort <laughs> though, and like actually make a uh, change on the things that they're like saying they're going to. Cause I think that that was the other thing. Like when she was just like, yeah, a few weeks ago, I like did some charity work, which like I went to an after school care 
program and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like that for me, that's like not it. Like I just like, I, I wish she came here and she said, like, I read this book. I listened to this. I recognize this, these privileges create like a system of oppression. And maybe I'm asking way too much. I also work in social justice education. So So you're like actually making real change. And you're like, Olivia, you're one visit to the after school program. Like, (laughs) I don't know if it's going to do anything, girl. Literally, like, and like, I'm not an expert of like what you should do when you like cause harm and stuff like (laughs) per se. But like, for me, this just like, wasn't it. Like, a year later, you spent an afternoon with some like underprivileged kids is not the, not the thing I'm looking for. Like I'm going to need a lot more than that. So yeah, I think she did like acknowledge privilege and like her wealth and her whiteness, but like, I just wish there was like more. So that was like another question that I had was like, is this awareness of your privilege? Cause this is what we're talking about this year with Kim's birthday and tweets and stuff like that is the awareness of your privilege enough nowadays because for me it's not you need to like make action after you come to Mm -hmm. like pieces of like these moments of awareness so for me yeah what what do you think like do you see real change coming from her that like she has the power to influence a lot of young people people in her social circle etc and like I just don't see that. And maybe this isn't a question. <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean. I think it's one of those things, as I was saying before, it's like if she all of a sudden, her platform is all about charity, everyone's like, I remember Olivia Jade specifically, like when the Black Lives Matter protests and movement was happening, she was like posting about it and that everyone was mocking her, which it's like an easy target, right? But I think for her, if she wants to prove that she is leaning into it and making a change, then she has to keep going back and she has to take the punches and the jokes. And then you can look back years later, look at how much I learned and you can just show people that you were doing it and maybe don't always do it in front of the cameras, but like document, like, you know, find a way to share enough where people see you're making a difference and showing what you learn, but also you're not, you know, you have to take it. Like people are going to think you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you know, in bachelor terms, like you're not there genuinely, but you have to prove you are. And that's going to take a lot of time. So I think this year, especially, like I said too, there was a few people, like there was this weird grace period of like, in like June when everything was happening, where it's kind of like, if you owned what you did wrong a long time ago, well, people were willing to forgive you as long as like you haven't, you don't take another misstep as far as like things like race and privilege and everything is concerned. So people who didn't lean into that are screwed because there was like this whole grace period of like, and we didn't No one, none of us deserved it. Like no white person deserved it by any means, but it kind of happened. Yeah. So if you leaned into it correctly from a PR standpoint and like, and if you meant it, like that's the other thing, like, it'll come through. Like we see through PR stunts all the time. So it's, it's a long-term thing. And I think if, if she wants a real career, she's going to have to just put up with the jokes and people making fun of her and do it and prove it. And then that's the habit. Like, it's kind of just, it is what it is, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Totally. I agree with you 100%. And I wonder if I'm reading into it too much, but like, when I think about this getting scheduled, I think about it being scheduled a few weeks ago. And then she was like, a few weeks ago, I was volunteering. And like, I just was like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just would have wanted to hear more a little bit more from her, but me, and I always say this, I always go back and forth. Cause again, I work at a college, so I'm working with 
not always, but primarily like 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds. And I'm always like, well, maybe she's young and I'm, I'm asking too much, but then I'm like, no, you're still like an young adult. So you should still be held accountable. And yeah, I want to see more. And Obviously, I wish her the best. I wish everybody the best. <laughs> but- yeah, I should be interesting. I mean, Stassi was the same way. She's like went on Tamron Hall and she talked a lot about um, like her coach. And I'm like, and Tamron Hall was like, how do you find a coach for like not being racist? Um, so it was interesting, but it's like they hit their talking points. So now we see, you know, is she still working with that coach, but she's not talking about it? Like, I kind of doubt it. Like, but maybe she is. And maybe somehow we'll learn that. I don't know. But, you know, you have Kristen Doty out here still like defending what they did. So it's like, all right, you clearly didn't learn anything. It, it all comes out. Jackson, Brittany, which I know was something else we're to talk about. Like, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. And we're holding all of our reality stars to different standards in every network. Within the same network, like Bravo has made very interesting decisions all over the board with their programming after everything happened. And I don't know, Jackson, Brittany are the latest of like, I, 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 there's more to that story, I think. Totally. Okay. I'm going to ask you one more question about Olivia Jade, and then we can dive into Brittany and Jax, just because it's from a listener. If you were Olivia Jade, would you have picked this PR opportunity or would you have tried something else? Oh, I thought you were going to say what I have picked that pink suit and I would have said yes. Um, no, Oh God, I don't know. I, I think it was definitely smart to lean in. I mean, I can see through it, but I think a lot of people probably maybe don't necessarily. The Red Table Talk, I think was a smart platform. I, I think I know why she waited, which was because her parents probably didn't let her. But if I were her, I would have not waited 20 months to talk about it. And like you said, come out with my one charitable act. Like I would have probably tried to have like a whole thing of what I did or maybe do the Red Table Talk the way she did and then posted her own YouTube video like right after of like everything she's learned, like a lengthy conversation because you know, Red Table Talk has to get the headlines. They have to ask about things like her college application and stuff and how the scam happened. But if she's trying to prove well, how she changed, if I were her, I probably would have then everything I couldn't have said on Red Table Talk to promote myself, I probably would have done on my own channel. And, you know, that might be like a cynical PR thing to say, but like, that's probably what I would have done. She still has like 2 million YouTube followers. Like no one's unfollowed her per se. Right. It's like, yeah, I hope she uses that huge platform for good. And yeah, can't wait to see what she does next. But I hope she does follow through on some of these learnings. <laughs> but only we'll tell. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'm waiting for that YouTube to go off because she posted like one video about like her skincare. And I was like, oh, this is tone deaf. But then at the same time, like I knew she couldn't say anything. Like it's, I don't know what I would do if I was that girl, but I think she's got to lean into it and she's got to be honest and transparent because otherwise people aren't going to believe her if she says she's doing this stuff. Like it's kind of sad to show the receipts, but like she's kind of got to show the receipts that she's changed. Like totally. And that's a good point. So I looked last night because I was like, yeah, I think she posted a few months ago, a skincare routine. It's gone. Interesting. And she does have still over a million followers on Instagram, yeah. but she still has her comments restricted. So it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta let people, it's bad. And you don't want to say I'm not promoting bullying or anything crazy but she's got to be able to take the criticism like and yeah. go with it. Like you can't, it's just not realistic. She can't be limiting her comments forever. If she wants a career, if she wants to just fade into oblivion and be a normal person. That's totally fine. But if she's going to try to like make it in this business, then she's going to have to open herself up to like all the backlash again. Yeah. I agree about like, don't believe people online, but you're totally right. Please don't. <laughs> you made a mistake in real life. And someone said, Hey, this hurt, this affected me, this impacted me. 
this was wrong, et cetera, you would hopefully like listen with open ears and an open heart. And yeah, maybe limiting some of those things. I was kind of cutting off. Yeah. That opportunity. Anyways, Brittany and Jack's leaving Vanderpump rules. It's the end of an era full transparency. I have never watched Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) Wow. I know. I think I'm going to start because I feel like it's the one reality TV show that I don't watch that everyone talks about. But my listeners always ask me to cover Bravo stuff, especially stuff from Vanderpump Rules. And obviously because I'm in this world, I know a lot about it without having to watch it. Mm -hmm. But You'll have to fill in some of these details for me, but everyone's going to want your opinion. What happened? Did they leave? Were they fired? Were their contracts not renewed? You know, Bravo in general does this thing where they let their talent announce their exit. So we use words like exit, departure, and from everything I know, which isn't everything at all, (laughs) um, but it's a fancy way of saying fired. Um, and it's, it, that's what they do with housewives too. And Vanderpump, Southern charm, whatever show they have contracts with them and they pick them up or they don't. And they clearly, this show has gone through, it hasn't been on the air since April, but it's been in the news every month since because starting with Stassi and Jet and Kristen and Max and Brett, and then everyone waiting for them to make a decision with people like Jackson, Brittany. And, I think Jackson and Brittany assumed they were coming back. Everything we heard was they were planning on coming back. It was all just a matter of the pandemic. Also, that show was about, even though it's not about a restaurant at all, it's about a restaurant. Uh-huh. So they had to lean into that. So they Bravo took their time, I think, deciding what they wanted the show to be. And they, they listened and they watched. And a lot of those shows also, Housewives too, like they, they pick up your the contract based on what the audience thinks like it's it's right a, we're creating our own show kind of and it's ironic because half the time people get fired and then we we want them back two seconds later <laughs> like a Tamra kind of situation I feel like a lot of people are missing her when all last year everyone was like get rid of Tamra so it goes both ways and I think it's probably a hard decision for the people who actually do decide how to cast these shows like when do we cut the ties and like when do we listen to the audience too much like can we give them too much power like what do they know that we don't know um but Jackson Brittany I am fairly confident that they um were not asked back fired and they because they've been on the show for a long jack's been on the show for eight years Brittany for four they let them announce it in their own way and to present it like that and i it's it's a nice idea but we all see through it now like it's it's happened enough times like we've lost enough housewives to know that like come on like you're not walking away from this show. Jackson and Brittany are about to have a kid. They make so much money doing absolutely nothing. And Jack's pretending he wants to like be serious now. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> totally. When he like replied to someone on Instagram or whatever and was like, I'm 41 and I have a baby on the way. Like, this is it for me. I was kind of like, I don't know though. Cause like people, yeah. I don't know. I think of like Jersey Shore. <laughs> like, Yeah, totally. They found a way. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful as a viewer because I love Vanderpump Rules. Like the first couple seasons, like seasons like one through four are just like, oh, so rewatchable, such good reality TV. It's kind of like how I used to feel about the Hills and stuff before, like I, everyone learned it was all fake. Yeah. Like, but I genuinely believe because there's periods of times when certain of these cast members don't talk to each other yeah. and then they see each other for the first time and you can tell it's real. And these were real friends. And it, you can feel that as a viewer. And like, not that I don't like, you know, kind of more fake reality shows. I like it all. But there is something nice about this show and their emotions were so real. And I remember at BravoCon last year, Stassi, Katie, and Kristen were in like a big fight. 
And Stassi and Katie were on like one team and they weren't mad at Kristen. And I spoke to Stassi and Katie together and they were like looking around for Kristen. Like I felt like I was in an episode of the show and I was like, is this awkward? And they were like, yes, yes it is. And like, it was like, I could feel the tension. It was real. And then like, I talked to Kristen after that and she was like rolling her pretending not to care, but really she wanted to know what they said about her. Like it felt like the show. So there was something that was so I mean, they're trash people, but it was something so magic about that show. And it's been lost for a while now because it's so obvious it's a show, but there were still highlights. Now it's like, I didn't want to see them all pregnant, to be honest, because that's not what I go to these people for. Like, this is not what I'm looking for. So I'm I'm happy they're gone because I didn't want to watch it. But I also just kind of wish the show ended. Like, I don't know if I care about anyone left enough. Like, I, I will always love Sheena Shea for the ridiculousness she's given me. But I think I can just check in on her, like, Instagram every once in a while. Like, I don't know if I need these people on my TV anymore. Totally. That was my next question because I feel like they are doing what they've done with Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> it's like- I watched that too. <laughs> me too. Yeah, more or less. But it's like all your main characters are leaving, just like end the show on like a high note. Like I, I feel like a lot of shows have done that really well, but it seems like, yeah, they're just going to continue on without all of these key players. Like what do you- how do you think that's going to like fare for the show? You know, what's so interesting is like last season got a lot. Of, I didn't hate it. It got a lot of flack because they introduced a lot of new people, but they still kept all of the old people and they interacted a little bit, but you really felt like you were watching two different shows. And I didn't necessarily love either show. They both had highlights, but like, I didn't die for the new people. Like I'm not dying to know what they're up to right now. I don't follow any of them on Instagram. Like I don't really care. But at the same time, when I was watching the older people, I was like, all right, like, how many times over the years are we going to have this fight? Like maybe you're 40 years old and you should just let this toxic friendship go. Like it's, it's, it's kind of sad to watch them now when we've been watching the same storyline for all this time. So I didn't know what they were. I was very interested before the show fell apart because of all of their behavior off camera. I had no idea what they were going to do. Like I was fast. I was interested to see if they were going to lean into the old or the new because it wasn't working with both. I think that was like a universal opinion. So And it actually ended very kind of poetically for the old people. Like they like had like a slowed down version of the theme song and like everyone kind of walking away from each other. And we've seen that things have changed already. Like certain people have made up off camera, but like, I just feel like we would have ended it. It's like a full circle. It's like a circle. So I think it, it would have been nice to end it, but they're just leaning into it. And I don't know what, I don't know what they're going to do. And I think they're just going to try to revamp it next generation style. And I don't think it's going to last very long. I know. I feel like it's kind of like the Hills, like when Lauren left and then they brought in Kristen and then it lasted one season. Right. And there are highlights from that one season, but it wasn't, it was never the same and you can't create that. And I think it'll be similar and it'll, it's kind of sad because you like, you want to go out on top, but technically if they stop now, they went out when half the cast was fired for being racist. That's not exactly on top either. So I, I think they, if they were, if they wanted to go out on top, it would have ended a couple of years ago. So we're at this weird thing. It's like, it, people are still going to watch it. It was a very highly rated show on Bravo. As far as Us Weekly is concerned, everyone on that show does really well for us numbers wise. So that's why we cover it so much. Like there's a reason we're covering these people. Um, so I don't know, but I'm, I'm unfortunately going to be watching. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of the shows that I will start to binge. It really reminds me of Shaws of Sunset. Do you watch that show? I don't like regularly. Like I know the players and I know some of the things, but like I have to draw the line somewhere, but I've heard such good things about Shaws. It's just like I missed it when it was on, started. So I have to catch up, but. Totally. I think that it's very, very similar because they were all friends beforehand as well. So a lot of the situations are like actually real. And just like you said, with Vanderpump rules, like 
they'll make up off air or have a fight off air and then it'll like trickle down into the show. So it's really fun to watch. Did you like Shaw's because I know there was all that stuff with like MJ and um, Reza that kind of trickled into real life and the restraining order and like it got really serious and like some of the insults and stuff exchanged were like really dark. And I feel like it was hit or miss on whether people liked it or not. Did you, And like if they're going to continue with that show too, like did you like how serious and stuff it got or were you like, are you over it? Do you think it should keep going? I don't want to say I enjoyed watching this past season, but I did watch it and it was um, like fascinating to watch. I wouldn't say it was like, enjoyable. I think now I've enjoyed all of the characters so much. I've learned so much about like Persian culture and like, it's just been such a great show for me. And I really admired their friendships. Like some of them are like 20, 30 years of friendship. I think with this past season, it was so ugly and so gross that I think I just... I'm not rooting for anybody. Whereas before I like personally liked all of them. And now Vanderpump has similar things too. Like it's like, they're too mean to each other. I mean, I don't know if I was ever rooting for any of them because they're all kind of horrible, but (laughs) you definitely could find yourself more like into it versus like, and then it was like, oh, like we're way too old for this like catty stuff. Like it's weird now. Totally. And it's the same with Shaw's. They're like in their forties. So some of it I'm like, man, if I'm having these fights when I'm 40, this is like a huge reflection on your life. But yeah, I just, I don't think I root for any of them or like personally like any of them anymore, but it's still really good TV. I get that. Yeah. Which is like, dark I feel but yeah but it's a lot of Bravo liberties I think more specifically whereas The Bachelor because the cast is ever changing like you don't ever really get attached so you never have to like make a choice on whether you're still going to support them like they're just kind of reality stars on their camera with Bravo they're so like you follow them for so many years that by the end you usually end up hating all of them which is kind of sad because you must love them so much totally I know I know and you're watching the show for like a different reason and yeah through a different light so Last question. What's next for Brittany and Jax? Wow. The loaded million dollar question. Um, marriage boot camp for sure. Um, everyone goes on marriage boot camp when they need a quick paycheck. Yeah. And they actually have problems that would lend themselves to that show versus like when you have random bachelor couples go on and you're like, you're not married or like you're one, not married or two, you are married and you've been married for like a day. So I don't know if you should have these problems yet, but like on Jackson, Brittany, I mean, we've got infidelity, we've got lying, you know, it, it's all there. So the, the roots are there and they would shine on that show. Other than that, I mean, I think in like five years, they're going to be living in Florida where Jax is from or Kentucky with Brittany's family with like two or three kids already. She's going to keep popping them out. And they'll get divorced eventually, which is dark. But I think... Oh, wow. I did not see that. I thought you were going to be like, they're going to have a new TV show. It's going to be like... No. (laughs) Be central. Well, I think they're all leaning into the fact that Lala and Randall, like Randall's a producer and stuff, but I don't think Randall's going to waste his Hollywood connections and money giving these people a reality show. Like, I think that that's what people... People say they want it, but like, do any of us really want to watch Stassi, Lala, Britney pregnant and like Tom and Katie still fighting and trying to get pregnant. Like, I don't think anyone is actually going to watch that. And if they do, it'll be a version, like it'll be on like 
we tv or like youtube tv like not and that's not like i shouldn't be shitting like that's like whatever like good for anyone who has a show yeah. but like it's kind of like when kendra left e and did this the new version on we tv yeah like it was never the same so i think it could be they maybe get like a we tv show that lasts for like a second but i think overall they're gonna fade away and it's i'm fascinated to see what relationships from that show friendships and romantic relationships stay together because they were there were so many ties to that show like when someone broke up you saw them the next day so I think that's a reason Jackson Brittany stayed together and got married was because she moved to LA and was integrated into his world and the show. So I don't know. It's horrible to wish that on. I don't wish it. I'm just, I'm just predicting. Yeah. That's fascinating. And it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like sometimes with these reality TV stars, we want to watch them in the context that they're presented to us, like Vanderpump rules, but like on their own per se, we don't really care. So yeah. And I think you underestimate, I think people overestimate how much they care. Like I guarantee you anything that you are going to miss from Vanderpump rules that are the people aren't on the show. Like, yeah, though, I'm sure like, you know, Stassi was hilarious. There were definitely moments like that were great, but like, if you follow, if you like her that much and follow her on Instagram or listen to her podcast or read her books, like you're still going to get your fix. There's a way to get these people. And I, I, I'm sure a network will try to give them and take advantage of it, but I don't think it'll work. But that's maybe all wrong. Watch them go on to have like a 10 season show. <laughs> yeah. like, like, damn you, Sarah from Us Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> like a new version of Nick and Jessica or something like that. Yeah. Oh, they wish. They wish. They could never. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was really fun. Thank you for having me. I feel like we covered, we solved so many problems in the world. <laughs> it was like a whirlwind. Like, I feel like I just talked a mile a minute for an hour. I know. I talk, I feel like I talk fast. There's so much to, to be said in these reality stars. It's like, I don't want to give them this much of my life, but I already have at this point. So why not lean into it? So thank you for letting me. I agree. Where can people find you on social media and listen to your podcast, read your stuff on us, etc.? Um, yes, we do two podcasts, um, Us Weekly Hot Hollywood, which is like a news recap, kind of similar to this. We, um, go through the biggest stories of the week, comes out every Thursday, um, lean into what's in the magazine and just kind of share uh, my two co-hosts, Gwen and Travis have been at us for a really long time. So they have like, like Travis has been in the bathroom at the Met Ball. Like he's like seen things. So he can give that kind of, he's a reporter. So he has that perspective. And I'm like the writer on the team and the, the youngest one. So I kind of go through that side of it. And then I do the bachelor podcast here for the right reasons, whatever day after the bachelor comes out. So we're on Wednesdays right now, but then when it's jam season, we'll be back on Tuesdays. Um, and that's like a recap interview kind of just depending on who I get as the guest, if it's which, which either way it goes, but, um, yeah. And then I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all that fun stuff at Sarah Heron. And if you click on a story on us weekly about any of these people that we just talked about, you'll probably see my name. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thanks again so much for coming on. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening and thank you, Sarah, for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the pod. If you did, leave a five-star rating for RTBP on Apple Podcasts and follow along on social media at RTBP Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We also have a listener Facebook group, so go check that out. I hope that you're thriving, that you're healthy, safe, and sound. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty See you soon. Bye.